Next on BYU Sports Nation, the college football season is over and the final AP Top 25 poll is out. What it tells us about the 2019 season. And was BYU football's victory over the Boise State Broncos the best win of 2019? And who is the greatest quarterback of all time at BYU? What ESPN says. BYUSN starts now. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What up, what up? BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B. It is Tuesday, January 14th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer's Li- Spencer Linton's teeth are fine, so stop texting him. I'm teamed up with college quarterback and movie doppelganger expert Jason Shepard. Yeah, uh, Cougar running back uh, Tyson Williams. Former. Former. Well, but I, you know, I still like to think of him as his current running back, but even though the season's but over. That. Yeah. Uh, he tweeted out, uh, Joe Burrow, remind me of the uh, Home Alone kid, both undefeated. <laughs> which is true. Which is true. <laughs> He kind of does. He yes. kind of has that look. I've seen that during the season. That's really funny. Who do you get most? When, like, I, I assume most people have a celebrity that someone will say, you know, you kind of look like. Do you ever get that? The dude from, what's his name? Talking about Michael Sarah? Scrubs. Oh. Well, Michael Sarah as well. Michael Sarah. But I have a brother-in-law who looks more like Michael Sarah than me, Dan Barnes. You're talking and, about. And so I'm like, well, I'm not the You're talking about Sarah the main one. guy from Scrubs? Like the, the lead so. actor? I think I'm, so. I, I'm. Z- Zach, Zach Braff. I almost said yes. Zach Galifianakis. Uh, no, I'm working on it right here, though. <laughs> and the beard won't do with BYU. I get Matt Damon all the time. And I'm, well, look, good for I you. Get, I hear I chuckles. get Zach Braff and Michael Sarah, <laughs> and you get Matt Damon. I get Matt Damon good a for lot. You. And my wife doesn't see it. It's, a, it's like a... It's like a well, thing sure. between us that she doesn't get it, <laughs> but it happens all the time. It's a wedge. It's a wedge. She's like, she's like, I hear people say that to him all the time. Why didn't but it work I don't out? See it? Why didn't it work out? She didn't think I was Matt Damon. She, <laughs> did, she just didn't think of it. More compelling content like that, or hopefully better, <laughs> coming up on the show today. Brady Papinga will join us to discuss the three Cougars in the NFL playing to get into the Super Bowl this weekend. QB signee Soljay Mayava will join us. We tried to get him in Hawaii. He's from Hawaii. We were there. He wasn't. Now he's in Hawaii, and we're not. And we're going to get him on the show. And who is the best BYU quarterback of all time? ESPN thinks one thing, which brings us to our headlines today. ESPN's top 150 players list. All time in college football's out. Jim McMahon and Ty Detmer did not make the list. What? More on that in a moment. Steve Young did at number 87. We reported it a week or two ago. It's the only Cougar on the list. Much more on this topic coming up. Yes, very much more. In Joe Lenardi's latest ESPN Bracketology, he still has BYU basketball as a number nine seed. However, the Gales of St. Mary's have dropped to a 10 seed. The Cougars right now currently tied for second place in the WCC with Santa Clara and Pacific. BYU back in action Thursday night at the Marriott Center hosting San Diego at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. The men's volleyball team moves up a spot from three to two in the ABCA coaches poll. BYU is the only team in the country with, count them, four ranked wins. Cougars play at Mount Olive in North Carolina this weekend. They are a D2 school. Former Cougar and Olympian. And if I'm Olympian, I'm leading with that every single time. Mm. Hi, Olympian Jason Shepard. Hi, Olympian Matt Damon. Yeah. (laughs) 
Let's just start over. <laughs> Former Cougar and Olympian Jared Ward Wait, is the lead top me. ranked USA marathoner in the USA track and field news rankings. Nice. Ward took sixth at the 2016 Olympics and most recently took eighth and sixth in the Boston and New York marathons. He did not run the marathon prior to that's, graduating from BYU. That's and crazy. Then jumping into it. And then it's like, which yeah. It's gnarly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I I'll can't just, run to the I'll next to the street. Well, that's for sure. Yeah, you run to the next weight room. Yeah, the next protein shake, right? Dude, my leg workout is from one bench press to the next. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The college football season is over. Ed Orgeron's LSU Tigers, a remarkable season, perhaps one of the greatest teams in college football history. 15-0, they beat Clemson. They are the national champs. With the end of the season, the AP Top 25 poll comes out. Utah finishes at 16. Good for you. Boise State at 23. We're the only Cougar opponents on it. So, Jason, what does the final AP poll of the 2019 season tell us about the BYU football season? Honestly, nothing that we we didn't already know. There wasn't anything that happened in that final ranking that made me change any of my thinking on on specific wins look I still think BYU's good wins remained good wins and you you knew Boise State and USC were impressive victories at the time that didn't change now that the season is done I understand USC didn't finish the season ranked but that you can't take that away at the time that was a big win the win at Tennessee turned out to be better than we originally thought because of the run that they went on Here's the thing. I thought it was a great win at the time anyway. I understand they were struggling at the time, but you still went on the road at an SEC team and in the manner in which you won coming back, I I, I still thought it was good. Unfortunately, the season turned on the losses. You're talking about Toledo, South Florida, San Diego State, Hawaii. Just winning two of those four losses significantly Mm -hmm. changes the outlook of the season. So these final rankings really didn't change anything in terms of how I view the season as a whole. The AP poll isn't everything when it gar- uh, in regards to evaluating how the schedule kind of shook out, right? Two ranked teams, uh, you get a ranked win. That's always good. More on that in a moment. USC was five out of the polls. San Diego State six out. Tennessee nine out. The Tennessee nine out is really yeah. interesting because that's a win over a team with eight wins, who was power five. BYU's only done that, I think, six times the last 15 or 20 years. It was another tough schedule. All four of the first... Uh, four Power Five teams, by the way, won eight plus. That was a daunting first four. BYU did win two of those in somewhat remarkable fashion. Come back at Tennessee, obviously, at home against USC, plus three in turnover margin, overtime win. Uh, field storm, replay field storm again. Uh, it doesn't just happen at Utah, I guess. BYU lose to 10 win teams in San Diego State and Hawaii. They make them 10 win teams by losing to them. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was another tough schedule. Should BYU have been better than 7-6? and six? Absolutely. Would 8-5 and have been uh, acceptable? Yeah. But I think once BYU is 2-4 and four and they beat Boise State, Utah State, Liberty, and Idaho State, and UMass, we're thinking, hey, this can be a 9-win season. So to end after the contract renewal, by the way, uh, with losses, you know, you go and beat UMass. But at San Diego State, loss. At Hawaii, loss. That was very disappointing. That was a disappointing way to end the season. Hopefully BYU can bounce back. And you look at 2020, that is a, re- that is a really tough schedule. Again, it, and hard to know whether it's tougher than this year, but Minnesota is to be. much improved. The toughness on next year's schedule is that it's not uh, South Florida and a Toledo. It's a Houston, uh, Derek King transferring, by the way, maybe to LSU. We'll see. 
It's a uh, Northern Illinois team that beat BYU. Now you're on the road. You should win that. But it's other other tough teams in the mix uh, in the group of fives, right? San Diego State on there and Utah State and Boise State, of course. North Alabama, live on BYU TV, most likely. The only gimme in 2020. So uh, 2019 in the books. Looking forward to 2020. Spring ball in six, seven weeks, by the way. I know. It's awesome. It's coming up. Now to topic two. And as we discussed, the final AP poll was released with Boise State being the only BYU opponent that they beat to finish the year ranked. So that leads us to this question, Jerem. Is the victory over Boise State the best win of the season for Mm. BYU in 2019? To me, it depends on whether you want perception or reality. So what do you want? Tell me which one you want first. Um, I want, uh, reality. Okay. The reality is, uh, our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's win over Boise State in 2019 was its first against a team who finished ranked in the AP poll since Utah State in 2012. It had been seven seasons since BYU beat a team that finished ranked in the AP poll. So the reality is Boise State is the best win of 2019. There were, there were better wins in terms of uh, perception, though, so let's go to that angle. USC at home. That's a ranked USC team at the time. It's ABC. It's Skycam. It's national TV. We love the Skycam. <sighs> I like Skycam. Nobody Cam. references a Skycam like, more than this I guy I like Skycam right more than some of my f- distant cousins. You know, I more just, than your children. Re- if it was your no. third child, would you, where might, would it fall? I might name, I name one kid. Tate Michael Jordan, so I may go Sky Cam Jordan. We'll see. <laughs> the perception of beating Tennessee, like you yes. said, you addressed uh, the novelty of that win. That's the perception. It just depends what you want. USC ends up 8-5. and five. In the end, that's an 8-win-plus team that you beat. Those are hard to come by. Um, Tennessee, same thing. Those are really good wins. But the reality is the nation, the, 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 the writers voted – Boise State in the top 25, they did not for USC and Tennessee. Well, tough schedule, blah, blah, blah. Then they would they weigh all of that, right? So in reality, Boise State is the best win. Can I just say ditto? Because I agree yeah, with most three. of what you said. <laughs> Based solely on where they were ranked when BYU beat them. And it's not everything, you're right, no. but it's something. Yes, it's at where they were ranked when BYU beat them. And the fact that they ended the season ranked, I guess you probably have to say yes that it's Boise State. However, I very much also want to say it was USC. While that game was certainly early in the season, the Trojans were ranked 24th when they came into Provo, and they were putting up insane offensive numbers. Again, it was just in a couple of games. That win gave BYU the national attention. That was one of those wins because it was on ABC, mm-hmm. and everybody was watching. The, the majority of, of the country saw that game. That got BYU some national attention. Unfortunately, it couldn't be sustained, but that win, looking back to me, seems bigger than beating the Broncos. But if, you, but again, if you're looking specifically yes. where the team was ranked when you beat yes. them and the fact that they ended the season ranked, it's Boise. For me, because I lean more towards the perception because the USC win felt bigger to me. Yes, because we think we're on the same level as Boise State. BYU is not on the same level as Boise State on the field competitively. Boise State has been to multiple New Year's Six and uh, BCS games. In this era, Boise State is better You're talking than BYU. historically. This year, certainly. And quite honestly, even though BYU yes. has lost, no, these the, games have not been. BYU does not look at Boise State and go, that's a team that's way better. It's, it's BYU and St. Mary's Saint in basketball. Mary, yes, exactly. Yes. A note, I just looked this up while you're talking, so I didn't listen at all. ESPN 
Football Power Index, and Sagarin had uh, BYU's wins of Boise State, USC, and Tennessee all in the top 35 in ESPN, FPI, and Sagarin. That is a metric we should look at as well, is that BYU had three top 35 wins. So how do you lose to South Florida and Toledo <laughs> and Hawaii? That's the difference. BYU could have won 10 games this year. Sorry. If, if you're at home and I startled the children, I apologize. Think of the children, please. We always do. Topic three. ESPN finished its list of the top 150 players in college football history. Steve Young in at number 87. Was it 87? 87. Uh, and that was it from BYU. I thought that Jim McMahon and Ty Detmer would make it in yeah. once we didn't see them in the uh, top 25. I thought, well, one of them probably makes it in. Did ESPN miss not having Detmer or McMahon in its top 150? Yes, with like 10 exclamation points. Just based on what the teenage sh- girl texting? Just based on the sheer number of NCAA records that both of them held, and for a significant period of time, by the way, warrants them being on this list. And this is not, by the way, about Steve Young not belonging here. Oh, he belongs. It's more about McMahon and Detmer being omitted from this list. Amen. Like, in the case of Detmer, he was the only one of the three to win the Heisman. Based on that award alone, it means he was the best college football player that year. To not have a Heisman Trophy winner on the list of the top 150 players all time in college football makes no sense to me. That's kind of embarrassing. Steve it, Young finished second to Mike Rozier yes, in yes. Uh, 83, but by the way. For, so he for, was close. For McMahon, too. And McMahon was close. Finished, yes, he uh, finished, finished third, finished I believe. Third, he, yeah. he, his game Multiple changed times. college football. Yeah. I mean, his error, his ability to throw the ball changed the game. Didn't he have like 70 NCAA records at one time? I mean, yes. it's insane. I, when his career finished. Yeah, 70. it's insane. Yeah. So, the, yes, they both absolutely, all three deserve to be on there. BYU no. was not called QBU for it for just because. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, 100%. I agree with you. Everything you said. Uh, Jim McMahon finished in the top five Heisman voting not once, but twice. Right. Uh, his best year was 80, and he finished fifth. And then his second best year was 81, and he finished third. Right. So that tells you about how good those seasons were. Ty Detmer deserves to be on this, because at the time that Ty Detmer retired, he held the NCAA record in the following. Attempts, completions, yards, touchdown pass, total offense, total TDs, passer rating. What? Now, what we've listed on our graphic on BYU TV includes bowl games. At the time, those did not count, and they still don't count for Ty. But this is what he would have had, 16,000 yards. 16,000 yards and 127 (laughs) touchdown passes, right? Uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you mentioned Jim McMahon. Yeah, first 4,000-yard passer, 70 NCAA records. At the time, these guys should have been on there. And I think they still should be on there. Obviously, we come at it with the BYU bias. But Ty Detmer, at least, yeah. should be the one on this list. Steve Young. What would Ty Detmer say about not into, being on this list? You know, this is uh, just a bunch of baloney that I'm not on this. Uh, but I don't, I don't give a rat. So I'm out on the ranch uh, just hunting, having a great time. I, I, sure, <laughs> I sure miss you guys there at BYU Sports Nation. Your, your bad takes and uh, your bad hair. Jason, keep lifting. <laughs> ESPN totally missed. They yeah. just they totally missed. Agreed. Yeah. There's, there's no question about it. And that is our question of the day. We want you to weigh in on this. We know you have a passionate uh, opinion of this. Who's the greatest quarterback in BYU history? Who is the greatest quarterback of all time at BYU? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Chad Stewart underscore 79 on Twitter. McMahon has to be on this list, or the list is no good. 
At the time, Jim McMahon did what no one had ever done. He was the, the Neil Armstrong of passing the ball. He crossed the 4,000 threshold, right? It was the under four-minute mile. Yeah. It was the Fosbury flop. He did something that no one had ever done. See, and, 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 and then since then, right, Joe Burrow last night gets up to 5,600 yards because he's playing 15 games. The game has evolved, and BYU certainly was at the heart of that. The interesting part about this is normally in lists like this, if there's going to be one BYU quarterback on the list, most times it is McMahon. I think that McMahon is number one. I think that Detmer is two. Yeah. No, look, yeah, yeah and we'll get, we'll get into a little bit more of this coming up a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, I, I was I was shocked that that at least one of the two others, McMahon or Detmer, and all three deserve to be there. I was shocked that that at least one of those two were not on the list. If this list comes out ten or even twenty years ago, it's it's a more heavy BYU list. No, I agree. The, the Power Five uh, sway and bias was on this list. Yeah, coming up, we'll have more on our Voice of the Nation question. Best BYU quarterback all time. Plus, our next guest, always opinionated, Brady Papinga, will weigh in on the Cougars in the NFL. Which guy had the biggest influence on his team? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. With Matt Damon. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach. And as Jerem Jordan likes to say, ya boy, Trevin Nell. Sit down with Greg Rubel as the Cougars prepare for San Diego on Thursday night. Watch it on the BYU TV app, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, tonight. This is BYU Sports Nation. We're simulcast on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. Great to have you with us. If you missed the show live, download the podcast or watch the show on BYUSN.com. He is Jason. I am Jerem. And our next guest is Brady Papinga, former Cougar, NFL player, and NFL analyst. He joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Brady, great to have you back on BYUSN. How are you doing? Always good to join you. Always good, guys. And I'm doing great. Thanks. Awesome. It's in. An exciting time for Cougar fans watching guys in the pros. There have been eras where BYU had a lot of NFL guys, but it feels like right now BYU has guys on good teams and they are contributing in a major way. How do you see it in terms of BYU's influence in the NFL right now and with three guys on uh, championship uh, Sunday coming up? Yeah, I mean, it's quality over quantity, no question about that. And then also, when you throw in Taysom Hill into it, it's kind of revolutionary. So it's fun to watch. It's not surprising. You know, I remember I was uh, I was at some Mexican restaurant eating dinner with my dad, and Taysom Hill came up to me, and we were chatting it up, and it was after he graduated already, played his last game, and we were just talking about what was next, and he's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to play in the NFL. I'm like, I go, you're not going to try to play in the NFL. You're going to play in the NFL, bro. You're going to do it. And then, lo and behold, there he is doing it. So, I mean, it's kind of like you can see the guys that have it you can see the guys that will be able to thrive in the nfl and like i said byu has a slew of guys that throughout the nfl byu guys like them Taysom's, dano Sorensen, van Noy's, fred warners you know zeke Ansnas, you can just keep going down the list they're they're searching deep and far and wide for those kind of guys and they feel like you know every so often you can find those guys at byu and that they're going to be stalwarts on your team since you brought up Taysom Hill, what are your thoughts on his situation? Do you think he goes back to New Orleans? Do you think he will get an opportunity to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League? If the league is smart, you know, and that's not always a guarantee. Some teams do really stupid things, and they do it quite frequently. 
I don't believe it helped him that the Baltimore Ravens were eliminated so quickly from the playoffs, especially by a team that was basically going back in time with the Titans where they just are handing the ball off to a power running back playing power football and exploiting, you know, basically the overcorrection of the NFL. I'd say even football at large of defenses getting more and more accustomed to facing spread offenses, playing in space, and they're, they're ultimately be, they, they were becoming softer. And uh, you just don't see many linebackers. You don't see many defensive linemen anymore that are just real tough physical guys. And it's not because they're not tough and physical. It's just because they haven't played that style, and so it's very foreign to them. And so when you see all of a sudden that get exploited, it's usually the path of least resistance for a lot of these teams because it's very conservative. And so what happens is is these teams say, okay, we can go find ourselves a Ryan Tannehill, which is a game manager. We don't have to be too risky, which, you know, if you, if you started Taysom and all that kind of stuff, it becomes a higher risk. And you know what? I can keep my job for another two to three years at the very least, even if the wheels fell off. Whereas if we got Taysom in as a starter and lo and behold, he gets hurt or, you know, we struggle and, you know, I, and we went out on the limb, uh, you know, it's going to be like the Cleveland Browns. They're going to immediately fire you and you're going to be out. So that's the difference, you know, really where he was at maybe a couple of weeks ago to where he's at now and it's market demand. And like I said, what was ultimately going to dictate his market, I believe to the highest degree, was how the Ravens turned out because the league is such a copycat league. So I was very bullish on it because I thought the Ravens were going to run through the playoffs and probably win the Super Bowl. Now I'm kind of reserved on it a little bit. I don't know if teams are going to want to put themselves out on a limb because of, again, being conservative. And like I said, teams, just because it's the NFL doesn't mean general managers, head coaches know what they're doing. Talking with Brady Papinga here on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Taysom Hill, one of uh, many Cougars who have had an impact on their teams. We saw the impact Daniel Sorensen had uh, on two straight possessions, forcing uh, turnovers, uh, one on downs and one on a kickoff return. And then there's Fred Warner with the Niners, and there's other guys. Who, who of the BYU Cougars in the NFL, in your opinion, has had the biggest impact on their team this year? Man, it's probably been Taysom. And Taysom, and that's what makes him special. And it's one of those unquantifiables. And I don't know if you guys noticed in the playoff game, whenever he made a, a play, it wasn't just the energy that was injected into the guys playing. It was everybody, the sidelines, the coaches, the fans. And he's had that effect even back to what I, I assume when he's in high school. But, you know, we saw it at BYU. He was such uh, an impactful guy in the sense that he made everybody around him better and he infused confidence in everybody around him. And those are kind of things that just are very rare. I mean, you, you, you can look at so many quarterbacks and impactful players throughout the history of football, and you can see that some of those productive guys, and, and a, you know, a guy would, uh, that you throw in with like a Dan Marino kind of guy, he couldn't do that to his teammates. He couldn't elevate his teammates above and beyond their own kind of, you know, capabilities. You know, and you go down the list of guys that have all these really good numbers and are very productive, but they just don't have that leadership influence. Taysom does. It's special, and uh, for that reason, you know, like I said, if a team's smart and they're not kind of getting caught up into this copycat cycle, which the NFL tends to do because of, you know, wanting to keep their job and just not being ultimately very smart, you know, he should be a starting quarterback because you want everybody around you to feel a little extra juice when you got a guy on the field, and that's what Taysom does. He certainly does that. Uh, a question there, because he's thrown 13 passes in his career. Does he need a little more run at quarterback 
to be given that opportunity? Or do you think that opportunity should come now despite kind of low volume in terms of passing the ball? Uh, he's been he's passed the ball well enough. I mean, throughout the preseason and practices. I mean, he's he's like most guys. I mean, Ryan Tannehill. I don't even know if, you know if he threw the ball very much in the last couple of years. <laughs> uh, you know, really because he was you know he was out. Uh, it happens a lot. So I don't believe that has anything to do with it. I think if you're like the guy who has had the most intimate, uh, you could say, kind of witness of how he's been able to operate as a quarterback, Sean Payton, and that's why. I mean, if I had to put my money on anything, I would say that the, 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 the Saints are going to do anything they can to keep Taysom. And that's why if you're like, I would say, the Patriots or somebody out there and you knew that the the Saints were really, really you know, wanting him, you would kind of force the Saints to have to pay him money, which if you can force the Saints to overpay for Taysom, which I, I think you probably could, uh, in, in theory, you know, this is all just theoretical, uh, then that kind of would handicap their ability to build a team, you know, and so you're kind of, you're kind of throwing them, because you can, and the reason why you can is he has that restricted free agent thing. Right. To where everything, you know, any offer he gets, they would have to match, and so you're just assuming that the Saints really want him, which I do believe the Saints really, 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 really want to keep Taysom. I mean, I've never seen Sean Payton gush about a player publicly as I've seen him do about Taysom, which I don't think he can help it. Ideally, coaches don't want to gush about players because they don't want to do the very thing that the Saints have done and which has set themselves up to where now you've created a huge market for them and then teams kind of start messing with your cap space, especially with a restricted free agent to where they offer them uh, you know, a contract that they can't, they can't they have to, you know what I'm saying, they have to match, but they really can't afford to match. And that's where I think the Saints are at right now. Brady, you've been in this situation before. You're down to the final four teams. It's conference championship Sunday. What is what is this moment like for a player when you know you are one win away from going to the Super Bowl? It's kind of surreal, you know, because the season's a very long season relative to just what you're accustomed to football being because it's, you know, you got preseason, there's four games there, the regular season, which is 17 weeks, 21 weeks. All you do is obsess and kind of talk about the Super Bowl. When you're growing up, you, you, you know, you follow the Super Bowl as this kind of mystical, for me anyway, it was kind of this mystical game that was bigger than life because of the performances and what it meant for cultural, you know, uh, just, just how the culture was established in the United States of America. And so when you're on the brink of it, you're kind of like, what? This is this is unbelievable. We're, we're really close, you know, and that's what these championship games, though, I'm telling you, they are, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're boomer bust, man. If, and they're not, it's like kind of funky too, because they're boom for a second. If you win, get to the Super Bowl. And then if you lose, it's kind of, you want to just forget about it because it creates that much more deeper of a, a hurt. If you lose the Super Bowl and you came all that way. And then if you get to the championship game, you lose like we did against the Giants in 07. Well, at least it was 08, the 07 season. You, uh, man, it, it's, it just tears your heart out because you come so close and, I mean, you're on the brink and it's, you know, and it's like you feel like, man, we could, we could have been there so easy because we're, you feel as good as any team that plays right now. So it's, it's a real mixed emotions depending on the outcome because right, because right now every team feels like they could win the whole thing. They're they're flying high because 
They're in the Final Four. They're flying high because they won a playoff game, and it's in the case of the Titans, they've won two playoff games. And you're just, you know, you're just, I mean, you are pumped. And then all that literally could disappear and convert itself to extreme disappointment if you lose the championship game. And let's talk about that and wrap with this. Who do you think wins uh, between the Chiefs-Titans and then the Packers-Niners? Well, Packers-Niners, I can never, I will never bet against Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to tell you this, it will take him to be extremely hot because there's no way they're going to be able to just kind of line up and pound the football and play this awesome defense against a very strong running game. Aaron's going to have to be the best player in the world. And I, and I, I never bet against that. I have a feeling he's going to do it. So I'm going to go with the Packers, and then I will go with the Chiefs on the other side of the bracket. I'm, I'm really wanting to see Andy Reid break through because he's, he's dealing with the most pressure. You know, he's a guy that literally if he retired tomorrow in the football world, people would look at him like, yeah, he's one of the best coaches ever. But then they would look at the lack of a Super Bowl, and they'd say, eh, Never mind, you know, and so yeah. he's he's in that kind of stage. It's like the Utah Jazz with Jerry Sloan, Carmelo, and John Stocks for all those years where strict of, you know what, until you win that Super Bowl, you're not validated, you know. So I, I'd like to see Andy Reid eventually get in there and get over the top. Okay, awesome stuff. We look forward to the weekend. We're interested to watch Taysom Hill in the offseason. Lots of Cougars in the NFL. Brady, we always appreciate the time, man. Always a pleasure, guys. Enjoy your weekend, and thanks for having me on. Okay, thanks. Brady Papinga on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He's had a really successful career yes. post-NFL as a broadcaster and otherwise. Always opinionated. Always appreciate him uh, coming on the show. Look, to my knowledge, at least that I know publicly, he's done two interviews in the last couple of days. The Herd with Colin Cowherd and BYU Sports Nation. Which are on the same plane of viewership, <laughs> I believe. So that's awesome. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah, great and he, always, he always brings it. Always got yes. an opinion. Yeah. Yes. A little biased on that Packer pick as a former Packer. but Clearly that's totally he knows fine. what he's talking about with the Chiefs pick. Totally. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up, BYU QB commit Soljay Maeva joins us. Why, why what? He, we're going to ask. Why did he choose <laughs> the Cougars? And which Cougar uh, multiple one player of the week awards? We'll tell you in the whip. It's coming up. This is BYU Sports Night. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Sheriff Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Jason, what time is it? It's time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. ESPN's top 150 players list of all time in college football is out. And Jim McMahon, Ty Detmer, not on that list. Uh, We discussed it. We will discuss it further. Steve Young did, though, at number 87. It's the only Cougar on that list. More, again, on that topic coming up a little bit later on the show. Men's basketball. Cougars are a nine seed in Joe Lenardi and Andy Katz's latest bracketology. The Cougars host San Diego Thursday on BYU TV, BYU Radio, as well with pregame with the boy Jason Shepard, 8 Eastern on the radio. Volleyball. Men's volleyball team moves up a spot from number three to number two in the ABCA coaches poll. BYU is the only team in the country with four ranked victories. Cougars play at Mount Olive in North Carolina this weekend. Sophomore outside hitter Davide Gardini is named MPSF Offensive Player of the Week. He had 24 kills at 600 and two sweeps against Penn State. Cougars in pro hoops. 
Former Cougar and Olympian, this is not in pro hoops, but uh, Jared Ward is the top-ranked USA Marathoner in the USA Track and Field News Rankings. Ward took sixth at the 2016 Olympics, most recently took eighth and sixth in the Boston and New York Marathons. And in the G League... Cougars Kyle, in pro hoops. Again, in the G League, Kyle Collinsworth had eight points, three rebounds as the Salt Lake City Stars beat the Northern Arizona Suns 124-116. Gymnastics. BYU Gymnastics, Abby Miner, was named MRGC Gymnast of the Week, and her sister, Sadie Miner, was named MRGC Vault Specialist of the Week. BYU will take on Utah State and UCLA at home on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Our question of the day, who's the greatest BYU quarterback of all time? Let's get some of your responses. At Stone on Twitter. McMahon set so many records, and the offense blew teams out on a regular basis, but Detmer won the Heisman and set some impressive records himself. Tough to pick, but I think I will go with Detmer because I loved watching a skinny white guy out there making plays. Ty Detmer shows up first couple days. He's going to redshirt. He's in the locker room, and he's, he's you know trying to get uh, some clothes or whatever. Anyways, uh, Lavelle Edwards, when he, when he saw Ty, later said, I, you know, something about, I thought we'd sign Pee Wee Herman. He <laughs> <laughs> was that kind of skinny and just kind of uh, weird looking, right? He becomes the yes. Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner, which is, I mean, you think about, you think about some of the greatest players in BYU football history, Ty Detmer, physically what he was, right? 5'10 or 11, right? And I Not think, 200 pounds. And, yeah. Jimmer Fredette, yes. is, he's listed at 6'2, but he's really like 6'1. Um, a, you know, two-star or whatever, three scholarship offers out of this small city in, in New York. Those are some of the best stories in BYU football history. They become national players. And, I, and I think that's why Ty, beyond his unbelievable skill set and the numbers he put up, it was his demeanor. It was, you know, his size. You just don't expect guys like that to be able to do what he did that made it even more impressive and the fact that he beats number one Miami will be forever uh you know told uh, throughout the history of BYU football he jokes that there are 200,000 people that claim they were at the stadium that day (laughs) it only seated 66 right um at the time JJ Morales on Facebook greatest BYU college QB is Ty Demmer then Jim McMahon then Steve Young. Mm. I've always kind of credited Jim McMahon because he was the first to do it. And the fact that Ty plays about three and a half years. There were some injuries in there. Um, you know, almost four. Jim McMahon kind of is a, he's on the baseball team. He's the punter initially. And then he's splitting time with uh, Mark Wilson in 78. In 79, Jim McMahon is redshirted. Mark Wilson leads BYU to an undefeated regular season, and they lose on a missed field goal in the Holiday Bowl. Otherwise, that's the first undefeated team in BYU history, 79. Then Wilson's a first-rounder, leaves McMahon's the guy, has to beat out Royce Bybee for the spot. And in 1980, Jim McMahon is the first 4,000-yard passer. Then he kind of does it again. In 81, goes to the NFL, wins with the Bears. I've always thought that McMahon was the guy. And Detmer has said publicly, I stood on the shoulders of the BYU great quarterbacks because it, was, it started in the 60s with Virgil Carter. And then you get up to Gary Scheide and Gifford Nielsen and Mark Wilson and Jim McMahon and Steve Young and Robbie Bosco. Like, it was this unbelievable run of quarterbacks that will never happen ever again. Then in comes the skinny Pee Wee Herman kid from Texas, and he throws for 15,000 yards and stands on the shoulders, wins the Heisman, and that is lauded as as good of a feat as the 84 National Championship. It was just 
an amazing moment. And he's the last non-Power 5 quarterback to do it. To yeah. win the Heisman. All right, coming up, we are going to answer who we think is BYU's best quarterback of all time ever in the history of the universe. I'm interested to hear your answer. And Soljay Mayava joins us from Hawaii. Why he wanted to join an already talented and young quarterback room. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU basketball hosting San Diego Thursday night at the Marriott Center. You can listen on BYU Radio beginning with pregame coverage at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Watch on BYU TV at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Our next guest was an early signee at quarterback for the BYU football team, a guy that uh, played in Hawaii at Kahuku and then decided to go to Washington, D.C. and play. He is uh, graduating and uh, coming to BYU this fall. We're excited to talk with uh, Soljay Mayaba on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Live from Hawaii, so it's, what, 7.42 in the morning now, Soljay? Oh, yeah. Just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. Um, I guess what ultimately led uh, to you signing with BYU after a successful high school football career? Um, what led, i uh, just say, you know, Coach A-Rod was a big part of that, you know, and also uh, Coach Grimes and Coach Kalani. I just felt like the BYU staff really loved me, and they showed a lot of love to me, and um, I had a lot of family in Utah, um, and, of course, the spiritual aspects of, you know, the school for me would be a big bonus, you know, keep me on straight and now, and plus I want to get uh, sealed to my parents when I turn 21 in the, in the temple, so that was a I thought BYU was a good place for me to stay on that track and achieve that goal. Soljay, obviously going through the recruiting process is an exciting time, but I have to imagine there's a, to a certain degree you're, you're kind of happy when it's, when it's done. You can kind of catch your breath a little bit. What, what's, what's it been like since you, you officially made the, the commitment to BYU and you get the reaction from everybody? What's that been like over the last couple of weeks? Uh, it's been pretty fun. You know, I'm just enjoying it, going with the flow. Uh, I hope Cougar Nation's excited because I'm excited. <laughs> um, but it's been good. You know, everybody's been showing me love. A lot of people in my my ward out here. You know, there's a lot of uh, interns that come from BYU that's in my ward in DC. And when they found out, they're all happy and excited and like telling me about the school, about this and that. And uh, it's been it's been a great experience so far, and uh, I'm just enjoying it. Tell us a little bit about your experience and journey from Kahuku uh, on the North Shore there all the way to uh, Washington, D.C. What, what led you, your, I guess, senior year, was it, to go all the way to D.C. and play? Um, I guess my freshman and sophomore year, I was just winging it. You know, I didn't have a QB coach. And then by my junior year, Coach Drew Amovai, who's part of the Elite 11, uh, he hit me up and was like, hey, you want to? Want to come play for me? Um, you know, I'll coach you up on and, you know, 24-7. And, you know, um, I'll be there for you. Um, and then he was like, I got, you want to play the best competition in the nation? And I was like, all right, I'll take a visit. At first I said no, because I didn't want to leave home. But then after I took the visit, I, I just saw the opportunities that they had for me to develop. And I, I decided that nobody, you know, nobody on the rock back home gets this type of opportunity. So I decided to take it. And, and now I'm here. And how did that help you as a as a player in person? Oh, as a player in person, as a player, shoot, I grew a lot. You know, having Coach Drew there helping me with everything. You know, as far as just throwing mechanics to understanding defenses and my knowledge of the game, really grew a lot from 
back home, I guess you could say, and um, just developing and progressing as a QB. I feel like back home I was just an athlete throwing the ball, but now with Coach Drew's help and, uh, and everybody else, my family helping me, uh, I really just grew into what a true dual threat is supposed to be, I guess. You know, pass first, run if you have to. Um, and as a person, I really matured more. Back home at Cougar, I'll just mess around, you know. <laughs> it's, it's the island. The island vibes is always fun. That's why. And then, and then when I moved to D.C., it was more, I grew more mature, I guess you could say. You know, it's just different. So, bro, it's just different out there. Uh, Competition-wise, is better than Hawaii and everything. The education system is way harder than <laughs> Koku, that's for sure. So that was a big plus for me, getting ready for college, and um, I just enjoyed it overall. You mentioned it, talking about the, the dual-threat quarterback. Everybody that we talked to described you as a true dual-threat QB. How would you describe your game? What, what do you think is your, your biggest skill set that you bring to the field? My biggest skill set? Um, yeah, I guess so far, dual-threat, yeah, you could say that. Um, Biggest, I guess, is making plays and extending plays. Um, I guess people like that a lot about my my game is that I can extend plays and I can hit people, you know, in awkward positions. And um, I say that's one of my biggest biggest um, assets of my game is just extending plays and making plays when people don't expect it. I think that's pretty much the biggest thing that people like. There are a lot of, uh, of quarterbacks in the National Football League, Soljay, that, uh, that like to do that as well. That's kind of the way quarterback play is going, extending the plays with your legs. Is there anybody you patted yeah. your game after? Is, is there anyone that you've always looked up to as a, as a quarterback that's maybe now playing at the next level? Uh, right now playing at the next level? Um, I'm, not, uh, I'm not, not too sure, but I like Steve Young growing up. That was my, he was my favorite quarterback of all time. So he, I try to copy him a little bit. Hey, that's a Coug. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, that Soljay. That's a great one. He's a Coug, <laughs> man. That's awesome. Um, t- tell me about the yeah. story behind your name. It's uh, Sol, S-O-L dash J, Mayava. Oh, but, yeah. What's the origin of the name? Oh, okay, so this is kind of funny. So Sol actually comes from my biological father, but I don't have a relationship with him. But, uh, yeah, so I don't really talk to him I don't claim him as my dad, though, but who is my stepdad, who is Luau, that's who I claim as my dad because he's been there for me all my life. Um, and then Jay is from my uncle Jason Kettle, who passed away right before he was about to go to BYU in a car crash, who was going to go play running back for BYU. Hmm. Yeah, so that's how I got my name. Gotcha. And your, uh, what are your plans in terms of when you get to BYU? Um, the coaches want me to compete for the job right away. And when will you arrive? It, will it be for fall camp, or are you coming in the uh, uh, spring or summer? Is that the that the plan? I was I was trying to come in the spring, but uh, I decided I'll just wait it off and just come in the summer. Okay, awesome. Well, we're looking forward to uh, you coming to BYU. A lot of uh, it's great quarterback room already. Excited to have you in it, and uh, we appreciate the time, Soldier. Oh, no, thank you guys, man. <laughs> I'm excited as well. Okay, I'm Soljay Mayava on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Excited to have yeah. him. 
It is a it is a uh, packed room there with some good players, three of which started in one games last year. So now you bring in a, a kid that uh, played against great competition, yeah. top twenty kind of ranking uh, and one of the top dual threats, elite eleven ish. Well, and, and he said the coaches have asked him to come in and compete. Let's go. Let's let's because yeah. we we saw that this year that hey. Things happen, right. and Baylor Romney, guess what? You need to be ready. Right. And so BYU will have four scholarship quarterbacks, by the way. They ran with three this year. Yeah. So adding Soljay Mayava. And a uh, cool story to his name. I didn't, I didn't know about his, uh, his uh, uncle, he said. Jason yes. Kale. Yes. Yeah. I have to look into that a little Very cool. More, so. and really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, it was, was fantastic. Great. Coming up, our rise and shout-outs, and mine may have something to do with a ham sandwich. Okay. And who is... Your best BYU quarterback of all time. Weigh in using the hashtag BYUSN. This is BYU Sports Day. Ham sandwich. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get podcasts. Show is also available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Following segment, as mentioned, is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Who's the best quarterback in BYU history? Okay, ESPN ranked the top 150, 150th year of college football. That's Steve Young in there, 87. No mm-hmm. arguments there. Correct. But no Ty Detmer and Jim McMahon, as we discussed. We have so, arguments with that. So we're about to put up a blind resume. We, do, we have our guesses, but we do not know, based on these stats, who is who. So let's go ahead and put up the uh, graphic here. We have three quarterbacks. Uh, we know that Ty, Jim, and Steve are among them. So QB1, 328 yards a game, 2.9 touchdowns a game. And, guys, is this total touchdowns or just passing? That's the question I have. And then completion percentage, 62%. QB2, 239 a game, 1.5 touchdowns, 65%. QB3, 211 a game, two touchdowns, or 1.9, and 62%. So which quarterback is which? It's just passing touchdowns. Thank okay. you. So quarterback one appears to be Ty Detmer. I would agree with you. I believe QB one is Ty Detmer. 15,000. I would guess that Jim McMahon is QB two, and then Steve Young is QB three. You look at these numbers, and if you're going on, we're going per game here because not everyone started the same amount of time, right? Jim was kind of two and a half, um, and then Steve was two, and then Ty was about three and a half. So Ty's numbers will certainly be larger, but Ty's numbers were larger because he was awesome as well. So let's go ahead and reveal who they are, and I think, I think we nailed it. Oh, oh we did not. we were wrong Steve on two and two. two. Okay. Steve was two. Okay, Jim, Jim and his numbers end up being lower because he's splitting time with Mark Wilson in 78. So he's not playing the whole game, and he may have even punted, and his per game goes down, right? <laughs> yeah, you and I so were on the same page. I, I thought it was going to be Detmer, McMahon, Young. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. interesting. Huh. I... I still stand by my opinion that Jim McMahon is the best one because he did it first, and it was so extreme. He broke 70 records. Like, Ty broke a lot of records. Yes. It wasn't 70. Right. I, uh, most times I would agree with you. Here's what sets Ty Detmer apart, in my opinion. It's the Heisman. If Jim McMahon plays in 90, he wins yeah, the and Heisman look, And I well. completely understand I, I that it depends on, on yeah. the competition that year. It is circumstances beyond your control, depending on your era, the year you play. Yeah. I, I totally get it. But the fact that Detmer won the Heisman, for me, puts him in the number one spot for BYU's best quarterback. If he's the best quarterback, why isn't there a T on Y Mountain? Tell me that. <laughs> why? 
Well, let's take care of that after the show. <laughs> let's take care of that. Our question of the day, who's the greatest BYU quarterback of all time? We mentioned it at Baseball55 on Instagram. Taysom Hill is definitely the greatest of the 21st century. Ooh, that's a fun conversation because John Beck was pretty good. Yep. Max, Max Hall was Hall. pretty good. Brandon Doman was pretty good. Uh, Brendan Gaskins was pretty good. I just like Brendan. Baylor Romney. Baylor Rom- But it's between Steve Young, Robbie Bosco, and Jim McMahon for greatest of all time. Sorry, you left out someone somewhat significant there. The Heisman Trophy winner, Ty Detmer. <laughs> Baseball 55. You forgot the Heisman winner. No, yeah, there have been some unbelievable quarterbacks here. If, if a Gifford Nielsen stays healthy, we may be talking about Giff, right? Because he was on his way to maybe finishing second to Earl Campbell in the Heisman. He's not going to beat Earl Campbell for the Heisman. But he could have been... The like the first great great BYU look, quarterback. If, look, if, as if well, you with, could argue he was up to that point. With my rationale of the thing that swung it in favor of Ty is the Heisman. How about the one that won the the national championship? Robert, does a natty Robert Bosco? Does a does a natty uh, you know trump <laughs> a Heisman? Uh, it's pretty awesome. It's a fun. <laughs> yeah, Robbie's certainly great. Yes, certainly absolutely. Great. Lee Voice today presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Who's the best quarterback? At BYU ever. At Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter. I've watched Jim McMahon, Steve Young, and others play. It has to be Ty Demmer. He won the Heisman. Okay, Colonel James underscore, or underscore James 83. And he's a Colonel. And he's gotta, a Colonel. You got you to respect him. Uh, you have to. It's literally the law. Okay, the rise in shout-outs today. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with LSU head coach Ed Orgeron. Look, the dude seems like a fantastic guy. I wish I would have had the chance to interview him when BYU played LSU, but I didn't get that chance. Uh... All the man wanted after winning the national championship, he was on with Scott Van Pelt. I like to call him SVP. I'm the only one that can do that. <laughs> Said all he wanted to do after winning the championship was have a ham sandwich. That's a guy I just want to hang out want with. Want a ham sandwich? Go Tigers. Go Burrow. Uh, I, I give my rise shout out to college football. Great season. Really fun. Love the sport. It's my favorite sport to watch and consume. And now it's over. So I'm going to be uh, seasonally depressed in terms of sports terms. No more college football. Thank you to today's guests, Brady Papinga and Soljay Mayava. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. Don't forget, always use the hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Pitt in no time. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Steve Ogden. See you tonight, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. For BYU basketball, it's Mark Pope. Go Cougs! Demmer, He won the Heisman! Yes, he did. I won't.